99 Jams Community Matters. Good morning, everybody. It's your girl, Super Cindy, and we are here live in the studio on this beautiful Sunday. And I hope everyone is having an amazing Sunday. And live in the studio, I want to welcome first time guest, woo, 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 Broward Sheriff Gregory Tony. Good morning, Sheriff. Hey, good morning, Cindy. Thanks for inviting me in. It's an exciting time to be here. <laughs> and no worries. How are you feeling on this Sunday? I'm doing pretty good. Okay. You know, uh, getting ready to go out and hit our churches up and see the community. And yes. uh, I never have really any days off. It's kind of seven days a week. So mm-hmm. it's cool to come here and actually see you. I've been listening to you for years. <laughs> I started when I was two, just a heads up. <laughs> so yeah. But I appreciate you, you know, listening to me all these years. And you even mentioned the weekly freestyle. So I appreciate you. Yes. All, you you're watching all our up and coming artists. <laughs> I, I am still paying attention. I'm, I'm a hip hop guy. I grew uh-huh. up in the inner cities of Philadelphia. <laughs> Used to break dance. Thought I could rap. Got smart and decided Will to Smith inspired you. Like yes. I could do this too. That's right. <laughs> all right. So let's get into everything. So how long have you been now Broward Sheriff? So I took uh, office or accepted office back in January. So I'm coming up on a full year. Wow, uh, this is a year months. already. Yeah, it blew by pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I first came into the office, there was a lot of things I knew on the surface I was going to have to kind of fix uh, mm-hmm. to safeguard a community. We were coming off of two really horrific active shooter events, one yes. at the airport, the other at Stoneman Douglas High School. And so I dove right into, you know, rectifying all those issues, changing our policies, enhancing training. Uh, but then it became evidently clear that there was more things I could work on to you know build the agency up and then also make sure that we're stepping ahead of problems versus mm-hmm. waiting for them to come up definitely so i wanted to ask you you mentioned that you were originally from philly yes. how did you land in florida like oh. well, like tell us a little bit about yourself for those that just see you on the news and we know nothing about yeah you. cindy i like i said i grew up in the inner cities of philadelphia during the 1990s mm-hmm. where the best years it ever was, <laughs> listen, <laughs> depends on where you were located at i tell you I grew up in North Philly. It was actually coined the Badlands. We had the, the highest homicide rates. Mm. Uh, I've seen so many different shootings. Friends of mine killed, survived home invasions. Uh, and I was like, I can't I can't keep doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, statistically, everything that kept coming up was for a young black man like myself, either I was going to end up in prison mm-hmm. or I was going to end up in the morgue. And neither mm. one of them sound like good options to me. Hello. So after I graduated high school, I was like, man, you know what? I've always been a good athlete. was fast. I was strong. I could jump. And I was like, I'm going to Florida State. <laughs> Hello. I'm going to go play ball for Florida State. They were winning the national championships with the top team. So I saved up enough money. I was, I'll never forget this. I was working at Sports Authority. Mm-hmm. I was sweeping up in the barbershops. I was shoveling snow. Hello. I paid for my first down payment on an apartment in Tallahassee, Florida that I'd never seen. It was the first time I was able to purchase my own flight because I had never been on an airplane. And you were how old? I was like, like 17. Wow. And... I, I paid for my flight, and then I was balling. I had enough money, and I left. <laughs> you it was rich, rich. Yeah, I had 500 bucks. I made a ho- <laughs> That's a lot horrific for calculation. <laughs> I had to learn as I went. you know. So I arrived in Tallahassee and went through that money pretty quick. Mm. And was like, man, how am I going to survive? And it turned into peanut butter and jelly for months. Tuna ramen fish noodles. Sounds, ramen noodles. <laughs> I, you know how it goes. Hello. I, I called it my survival kit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I couldn't go back home. My mother didn't have anything. Uh, so lo and behold, I just kept working hard. Found my way finally to try out for the team. And... Coach Bobby Bowden accepted me on the team. Came out, outworked a lot of top athletes, ended up becoming a starter. Wow. Um, had a scholarship opportunity. What position did you me. play? I was a running back. Hello. So you fast for real. Pretty, yeah, I got wheels. I got wheels. <laughs> and just so you know, I have not lost a foot pursuit in 15 years. So Whoa. I still got wheels. Uh, you got to put one of your, well, not a foot pursuit, but just ru- you running on IG. Yeah. Oh, there's some, you got to follow us on BSO Sheriff Tony on uh-huh. Instagram. You know, I do kind of my own social media stuff and like talking to the community and listening okay. to what 
what they're saying. It's not like a, a stunt double, somebody answering these <laughs> they things They think for it's me. not you. <laughs> it's me, people. It's me. So talk to me. Send me your messages. But made it through that mm-hmm. um, that process of the football. I knew I wasn't going to be like some first-round draft pick making millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And 9-11 happened. Never, I'll never forget mm-hmm. it. I was in Latin class 101 at FSU. And I was fell in the class. It's a long story, but wasn't good with the language. Mm-hmm. And I said, man, it, I looked at all these firefighters and police officers running into the towers, running across the street, trying to do something. Mm-hmm. And I always had a passion for law enforcement. But that day was like, it's time to move on. And I remember probably a few months later, um, I, I walked into Coach Bottom's office, told him I was going to be leaving the team and that I wanted to start something in public safety service, either military or law enforcement. I was looking at the Marines, um, started grad school, and finally got an offer to come work down here in Broward County at Coral Springs Police Department. Oh. So that's where I started. Uh, had a great career there. Mm-hmm. In like 10 years, I pretty much ran the gauntlet, worked in special operations. I was the first black SWAT operator, the first black supervisor in the history of the city, um, first black special operations detective, and a mini field force commander. All these different like kind of trailblazer moments Mm -hmm. for me and for the community and for the agency um and then it's it's interesting i always had this hey someday we're gonna have a really horrific mass shooting here Mm. in broward county this was years ago before stoneman douglas and i remember talking to my chief and i said hey i'd love to go to all these top training courses and bring back this education for our community and bring it into our agency. My chief was like, at first, he was like, I don't want to put you sitting up to these schools. It's going to cost money. And I just kept hammering at him. I said, chief, we got to do this. We have to do this. So I wrote this long memo and training kind of agenda of how we could include certifications from Homeland Security and all these different um, top active shooter courses. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, go. Take training sergeant with you, too. Go up there and get this thing done. Spent like two weeks up there uh, getting all this different training. Came back, helped introduce it into policies, practices, for Coral Springs Police Department. And I was doing so well at this that I started getting calls from private sector groups. To like, want it for you wanting yeah, to train Yeah, they're like, as hey, well. we're, Sergeant Tony, we heard you're like the guy. Can you come in and train? And I, it hit me. I said, well, wait a minute. If I'm going in training corporate entities, that's mm-hmm. not my responsibility as a police officer. Mm-hmm. But I really loved it. You know, I've also been teaching college as an adjunct college professor for years. So I've mm-hmm. always been good in the classroom. So I said, wait a minute. I talked to my wife. She's a nurse. Mm-hmm. She's a tactical medic. I said, what if we wrote our own curriculum, copyrighted, trademark, so on and so forth, and then start training civilians and start our own business? So we started mm-hmm. our own business, mm-hmm. Blue Spirit Solutions at the, at the time. And I start training corporations all across Broward County and had an entity up in South Carolina that was like, hey, this guy's pretty good, big multi-million dollar company. They said, what if we brought him in to be like the director of this entire platform and try to merge with this company? And I remember sitting down with their CEO and Mm. he's like, how do I get you to retire from the police department? Whoa. (laughs) And I was like, you put a comma here, a zero here, a zero (laughs) here, and a couple more zeros. And he, he didn't give me all the zeros, but he gave me enough and I retired and I left and I was in South Carolina, uh, and I was training and having a great time. I was in, a, I went to Aurora, Colorado, Bismarck, Nebraska, San Diego, California. I like had run That's all across the country. It was really cool. And it's very evident that this is needed everywhere. This is not just yeah, like it, a, it's happening everywhere. I mean, our churches, our schools, mm. our businesses. So it was a skill that really was helping people. It's nice to make money, mm-hmm. but it's something that was really helping people. And then it happened. Stoneman Douglas happened. Of all places, Coral all Springs. places. I kept warning, kept mm. saying it, and I was like, Park. I remember. I remember seeing it on TV, and I'm like, I know those guys. I've trained those guys. That guy was in my briefing. That young de- the officer running in, it's one of my guys. Uh, and a few days afterwards, you know, I was upset. I remember crying. I found out my friends had lost their kids in the school, so it, mm-hmm. it became really personal. Yeah. 
And I was like, I have to do something. I have to come back. Uh, and I heard from my chief, maybe like three or four days later, uh, my old chief of police called me. He goes, hey, Greg, you know, I know you're watching. I just want to talk to you. You know, all the stuff that you had put into play, it actually saved like 14 kids' lives. Mm. He goes, you need to come back home and start preaching now because people are listening. And so I left my wife. Uh, God bless her. I not left, forever, just not for forever. That moment. I still have her. I still have her. <laughs> I still have her. Fifteen and zero. We've been together fifteen <laughs> years. Um, but I came. I left her in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Broke off from the company. Moved down uh, back down here to start helping and talking to people and educating them and saying, Hey, here's what we need to do. Especially all our legislators because mm-hmm. they were the key people to change policy and everything else. And finally, you know, after talking to. Every single person that would, was willing to listen, I had an opportunity to speak to the, the governor. Well, he wasn't the governor at, know, the time, at the time. At the time. Mm-hmm. And he was still running. And I had talked to him for like 20, 30 minutes. And you know how someone's listening to you, but you're not really certain if they're hearing you? Yeah. Because I had that a lot. And I was like, I think this guy, I'll straight up, I'll tell you what I said. <laughs> and myself, I think this dude actually heard me. That was like mm-hmm. how I felt. And I walked away. And months go by. And he went. He wins. And I'm like, okay, now let's see what he do. Right? Talk is one thing. Action is another. Hello. And before you know it, uh, the act that he took was to call me, his chief of staff called me on a Monday. Then the inauguration and the governor was being sworn in on that Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I get a call on Monday saying, hey, you know, they were calling me Sergeant Tony still. They were like, Sergeant Tony, we'd love for you to come up. The governor wants to interview you. Bring a suit and a tuxedo <laughs> and prepare to stay for the uh, for the inauguration. Uh, in a ball afterwards. And I was like, wow, okay, cool. And I was like, what are we going to be interviewed for? And he literally just, the chief of staff literally tells me on the phone, just be here. So you didn't even know what you were going? No, I I had a clue (laughs) Mm -hmm. because before that took place, there was a lot of scuttle conversations in Parkland and Coral Springs, you know, in those Northwest Coconut Creek. And there was like, hey, you know, Greg's like doing all this work that he he just totally left. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that there was conversation about me working back in the police department and Mm -hmm. but i had no idea it was going to be for our sheriff's office and so i go i was one of three candidates Mm -hmm. so let me set the record because everybody think that they just plucked this was a strategic (laughs) plan set by the governor to put the new sheriff no it it was three candidates that Mm -hmm. were interviewed for this and i was number two going in Mm -hmm. Uh, the first candidate came out and was 100 percent confident that he got the job that he offered me an opportunity to work for him Whoa. before I went in, right? Mm. Yeah. That, that Did didn't you work offer out him a way. job now? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. um, so, <laughs> no, there's a lot of talented people at BSO. There's no need to bring anybody <laughs> in. So I, I basically walked in. 30-minute interview goes to like 45 minutes. Before it's all said and done, the governor says, everything I heard about you is spot on. I'm highly impressed with you. I'm going to be removing the sheriff out of the uh, Broward uh, Sheriff's Office for Mm -hmm. negligence, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Would you take the job? I'd like to put you there. And I was like, wow. So, But I kept my poker face on. It's an interview. Uh, And I told him flat out, I said, sir, you know, I'm willing. And he cut me off because before you say anything else, I'm very impressed with you. Would you consider a position on my cabinet? And that's when I knew, like, wow. He's serious, He's serious about it's like mm-hmm. this is this is going to happen. I am going to be back in some form of public safety and service and it won't be at an entry level. I'm going to have an opportunity to lead from the front. And, you know, I closed out with, you know, sir, whatever you think is uh, best for this state in Broward County. Uh, it's your decision, but I'm willing to serve whatever. And, and let me ask you something. So when you take over, you know, 
with this with the way the circumstances were that the other sheriff, the previous sheriff got, you know, fired or whatever word you mm-hmm. want to use and you replaced him, how do you rebrain and retrain the 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 officers of thinking the way the other sheriff thought and now there's like new yeah. is it guidelines no, 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 I got or you. like yeah. So it's a couple things. You're changing an, an entire culture. Mm-hmm. Right. For those on the radio who don't know the magnitude of this agency, I have roughly 5,500 employees under my command. Uh, roughly 3,000 of them are first responders. Of that 3,000, about 800 of them are firefighters. That's very unique. We're the only sheriff's office in the state mm-hmm. that actually has a fire rescue service under the command of the sheriff. And there may be two or three in the United States that actually does this. Mm-hmm. I have a billion-dollar operating budget with a B. Whoa. Our budget consumes 25% of the entire county's budget. Think about that, right? The territorial responsibilities is roughly 1,200 square miles. Mm-hmm. That's a large Broward County is, give or take. Mm-hmm. Half of those cities I'm responsible for. <laughs> I'm also responsible for the airports and the ports, which brings in roughly $30 billion in assets that fuel the entire southeast part of the United States. So money, everything, uh, it impacts the economy on a much larger scale outside of our county. So... Back to your question. Like, how do you change the culture there? It's simple. What my predecessor did when he came in was he basically gutted and terminated the entire command staff and brought people from the outside of the agency, members who used to work at Fort Lauderdale, some civilians, almost like two, three dozen of them mm-hmm. were inserted in the agency. Well, what happens there, right? If you're a 30-year veteran mm-hmm. who's worked for this agency, decorated officer, right, hoping to someday get promoted to command staff level. Yes. You just destroy morale. You gut and destroy institutional knowledge, right? And so you, what the previous sheriff did was to insert all these friends as a safeguard. Not people that have been working their way he did, up. He, 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 he even said this in public once about inserting people so that they can have his back. I disagree with that approach. I said, I've worked with many of these men and women at mm-hmm. the sheriff's office long before I was the chief executive officer for the organization. Mm -hmm. And I knew there was a lot of talented people here. So Mm -hmm. I did something unprecedented. I walked through the doors day one by myself, taking over and accepting command of an agency this huge. I walked in by myself. When, and when, who usually, do, who do they walk in with? Like a whole team whole of... whole team, a transition <laughs> team, right? Or like people to replace. Come in with a posse of people, right? Okay, 25, 30 people. Mm-hmm. And the expectation from the organization was I was going to do the same thing. Mm. And I knew beforehand, I said, one, morally and ethically, it wouldn't have been the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in the streets uh, where loyalty was important. And I wanted the, the agency to know I was going to be loyal to them. And that they, in turn can develop loyalty for me, that they didn't have to have it that way. It's okay to have mistrust and uncertainty, but give me a chance. Mm-hmm. I promote it from within. I promote it, well, I mean, gosh, going into now, we've had over 381 promotions since I've been in office. Mm-hmm. We have the most diverse command staff in the history of the agency, black and Latino members who are not being promoted for sake of skin color, but they're being promoted because they have the competency background, professionalism, and skills that's needed. Mm -hmm. But because sheriffs come in, they've never had their moment. And Mm -hmm. so we've promoted from within. That gave me an opportunity to put forth programs and initiatives that I want to do and really kind of mitigate the learning curve, right? Because now we have over 200 years of institutional knowledge and experience Mm -hmm. running the agency. We haven't had that for a decade. 
And so my commanders, shout out to all my colonels, shout out to my majors, shout out to my lieutenant colonels and my captains who are getting this thing done because all the initiatives we've had success with, we're like 15 and 0 in a year. Every project we put out, we've exceeded from uh, command staff level promotions, Mm -hmm. from recruitment, increasing the number of personnel we had because we had a a grotesque uh, deficiency in personnel when I took office. We had over 220 vacancies at the deputy position. How can we serve the community if we don't have enough deputies there? Our guys, men and women, were burnt out and tired. So we built out a new recruitment program. We've cut that number in just a year from 220 down to less than 100. And coming this June or July will be the first time in the agency's history where we'll be at full capacity, meaning no vacancies, deputies out in the Every road. Every position That's filled. right. That's right. Safeguarding the community and doing our job. Um, Sheriff, what do you think is the biggest misconception about you? Because like I said, I've I've never, I, this is the first time I'm meeting you and all I yeah. do is see what's on the news and what's being said. What do you think people, is the biggest misconception? I think early on was, hey, is this guy going to be for us? Is mm-hmm. he going to be for Broward County mm-hmm. or is he going to be some political hack like they've grown accustomed to? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I say this again, uh, you know, I'm in this office now. I'm, I'm in the seat. I've been in the seat for, a, for coming up on a full year. I don't owe anyone any political favors or, hey, this guy helped me get these votes or this guy walked me in. So all I have to do is show up and do the job. So I think from that side of it, there's nothing like a running resume. People mm-hmm. are seeing what I've done. So I think I've cut that part out of it. I think the second side is this notion um, you know, when I have to step in front of a camera, that mm-hmm. I've heard this. It's like, oh, Sheriff Tony, you're so stoic. <laughs> you're, you're, you don't even blink, and, and you're just matter of fact. And I'm like, yeah, because it's business time. Yeah, like what you're talking about is but, something serious. But or... there's another side of me. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm a human being. You know, I've gone out to events, and I've been dancing, and people are like, he dance? I'm like, yes, I dance. <laughs> he has rhythm? Yeah, what? he has rhythm. And there's this, this disconnect um, mm-hmm. where I think because you're in uniform, People forget that you're a human being. And, yes, I have flaws. Uh, yes, I love. Yes, I get angry. I have all these same, mm-hmm. you know, characteristics as any human being. So I think if they, if people really want to see this agency continue to flourish and change, mm-hmm. uh, two big things uh, is going to have to remain in place. One, all the people and personnel that I've already put in this office. Two, making sure we are very transparent and are not afraid to hold people accountable. You know, I've also done some unprecedented things uh, as it relates to uh, holding deputies accountable, terminations, suspensions, firing, firing yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people, and, and I've, you know, there's this, oh, he's just checking off the box, man. Like, there's <laughs> another notch on his belt with fire. I don't like terminating people. Mm-hmm. That that doesn't bring me any joy. Even, even think about this. Even when the deputies are wrong, mm-hmm. right, and I have to terminate them for some policy violation, excessive force, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You think I don't realize that I just impact their families and it's their kids? It's not just them. And the but, ability to pay their mortgage, but when someone, pay their car payment. Mm-hmm. But know, the, not to interrupt mm-hmm. you, but when someone, how how long does it take before it gets to you? Like if they don't follow policy, isn't yeah. like a levels before it yeah, comes to you? Yeah, and that's a, a good message for the community mm-hmm. as a reminder. Like when we see something on TV, right? Mm-hmm. iPhone camera. Yeah. Oh my goodness, that looked really bad. <laughs> I tell people this. It's called the cringe factor, mm-hmm. right? You cringe at home. You're like, ugh, that looks bad. Guess who else is cringing? Me and my command staff, we all go, ugh, that -hmm. looks bad. Mm -hmm. But we can't jump out and automatically just take away due process that these deputies are are required to have. Mm -hmm. So we have to launch an internal affairs investigation. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it takes months. Mm -hmm. Fact-finding, 
pulling reports, looking at body worn camera, interviewing people. This thing takes months. Mm -hmm. That's the first step. Then we have something called a professional standards committee. Mm -hmm. After the uh, internal affairs investigation is done, take, let's say, six months, depending on the case, three months, whatever it may be, Mm -hmm. then it finds its way in a professional standards committee. Professional standards committee is supposed to examine the facts and then give me a recommendation as to, hey, we think he should be suspended, we think he should be fired, and then I make my decision. So that whole process, if you look at it, is designed to be very, very uh, thorough before it gets to me. Okay. Before it, so they I, think it's like like you see it on the news and it's going straight to you. What's your decision, Sheriff? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, and and that's to the to your listeners. Mm-hmm. Hey, when you see me stand in front of a camera and I say I can't speak on this because it's an internal affairs investigation, mm-hmm. it's not that I'm trying to hide anything or I'm afraid to tell the truth. If I say one thing wrong, they can it get could off. impact. Yes, mm-hmm. say it again. Cindy. They can get off. They like can, they get, can off, get away right? with whatever. They can get away with did. it. So you know, we want to make sure we do these things right. And you know, at the end of the day um i know that there's a time it just occurred with the tamarack incident uh, i went against the recommendation from uh, that was submitted from the professional standards committee mm-hmm. and terminated the 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 deputy they wanted to list exoneration. is that the one in the deluca case that's the deluca case okay. and everything that we had established in policies there's no policy in place that provides for it mm-hmm. Now, we have to change the culture. You talked about this. There's yeah. a cultural aspect I have to change in that professional standards committee because many of the uh, law enforcement personnel members that are in there are still operating in, and were selected and appointed to these positions from the previous sheriff. So they're trying to figure me out as well. They're trying to figure out, hey, you know, where's the balance? What's the expectation? And so I'm going to be rotating members out of there, hand-selecting and interviewing new people, new members to mm-hmm. – Start fresh in 2020 mm-hmm. with new eyes, with people who understand what the expectations are, and not allowing for the professional standards committee to to either shift off into the old days mm-hmm. um, or to be bullied by union members that want to control that process. And it's a, it's a noble fight. Mm-hmm. It is not popular. Every time I have to make a decision like that, I have 3,000 first responders I have to consider. And I love those men and women. They yeah. do a good job. Mm-hmm. But I also love this community. We took an oath to protect 1.9 million people. And when one of us step out, one of, one of us break that oath, it creates distrust in this community. And everyone's going to want to know, well, who's in charge? The sheriff. What's he going to do about it? And I will hold people accountable. I like that part. So, again, we're speaking about 2020 now. Um, The new year is coming. And I'm looking at your initiatives um, coming up and what you've been putting in place since you became the sheriff. And it's um, school safety. Absolutely. Public safety. um, Building a team you can count on, which is what you spoke about um, also. Training to make a difference, which is training your staff and your team and the first responders, the police officers, everyone involved. Also investing in the future, which you spoke about, like getting the young people involved in job placement. Absolutely. Bringing them into the organization, Mm -hmm. very young, in a positive setting, putting them in internship opportunities, giving them a chance to work in our Explorer program, cadet programs, and then holding on to them and not allowing them to leave the agency and taking those skills that they just learned uh, and join an agency within Broward County or Miami. Mm -hmm. It's a poor return on your investment. So we put things together that's going to allow for um, sustainment mm-hmm. and then also you know ensure that we're getting our bang for our buck okay right now we're going to take a quick break we are here speaking to broward sheriff gregory tony we'll be right back community matters 99 jams